Hello, welcome to the most dangerous podcast. How are you this week, James? Uh, I'm not feeling too good this week, to be honest. What, again? Got, again, again. I've got a pretty bad dose of the man flu. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to... I do apologise in advance for any snottering and coughing in the background, but <laughs> yeah, I know I'm not not feeling great. And I know that a lot of people, uh, they do listen to podcasts sort of in bed at night, you know, maybe with, falling asleep to a podcast. So if you hear any heavy breathing, uh, it's it's not somebody looking through your bedroom window. It's probably probably me. You looking through their bedroom window? <laughs> no, no, that's not what I meant. I meant in the podcast. Or, or, or do I? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, so, yeah, so I can't believe we're we're into February in 2024 already. It's flown by. Um, I'm now starting my fifth diet this year. Um, uh, so that's, yeah. Fifth? It's, it's, only, it's only been four weeks into the year, though. See, that's over a, a diet a week. Four weeks, five, five diets, and I've put on a stone. <laughs> it's a good effort. That is a good effort. Yeah. So these diets, are these like specific diets or like out of a book, or is it just something you're just like, oh, I just won't have sugar or... Uh... Just trying to eat. I eat too much shit. I actually eat quite healthy meals, but I'm on the road all the time, and you stop at petrol stations, and it's a you know bag of Monster Munch, and then it's like an extra 5p for two bags of Monster Munch. And... Yeah, so you might as well get two. The yeah. big eats. What's your favourite crisp? My favourite crisp? Oh God, I don't know. Um, possibly something like something like a Monster Munch, maybe. Pick, pickled on your Monster Munch, you can't get yeah. far wrong with them. I like the flaming hot chili Doritos. Yeah, Doritos. Um, I'm not sure about. That. I think so. Over, overrated, uh, underrated crisps. Sorry, mm-hmm. French fries, Walker's French fries. Oh yeah, yeah. The the, the ones that are not like chipsticks, like smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I nice. think like that, they don't get enough credit. In my opinion, I actually quite like even just the plain ready salted ones. Yeah, they're all right as well. Uh, but no, I yeah, I, I just feel hungry all the time. <laughs> I am honestly, I'm like eating everything. I remind myself of there was a boy in my school, Colin, and uh, he was the greediest bastard I ever knew. I think his parents were like health freaks. They used, right. to, used to go to his house, say, "Do you want a biscuit?" and give you an oat cake. <laughs> but like he knew what. Everyone had in their packed lunches. Yeah, at lunchtime, all you'd hear is him walking around and going to people, are you eating that? Are you going to eat that? Are you eating that club biscuit? And um, he knew what everyone had in their sandwiches. He'd say, oh, here's Yaland. See if he's got something for you. Nah, he always has Marmite. <laughs> um, I reckon, do you remember You Bet? Yeah, yeah, Matthew Kelly. Um, Matthew Kelly, yeah. I forgot it was him. Um, I always get him confused with who was the one that was on the record breakers, the trumpet player. Uh, it's Castle, is it Roy Castle? Roy Castle, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you bet. I reckon Colin could go on you bet and you could pick 20 people from our school year and he'd tell you what was on all their sandwiches. Definitely, 100%. Well, it's a talent, it's a skill. Probably because he didn't have like biscuits and that at home, I guess. You just like, true, yeah. Get, get some treats in the, in the yard. <laughs> so we're uh, on Australia, James. We are on Australia. Before we start, I think we need to address the elephant in the room. Go on. Which is this? This is the second time that we're doing this pod. We had a. <laughs> Are we admitting that? <laughs> we are admitting it. We had a bit of a. We recorded the other day, and we had a bit of a, a technical issue, a malfunction. Yes. Uh, so if it does come, up, does sound a bit disjointed, or what have you, uh, that's the reason. So apologies, but you can blame the uh, the software and not us. 
Yeah, Podcastle. We usually give people a shout out. <laughs> you can't call them out. Like. I am, because we <laughs> give people can. a shout out when they do good stuff. So why don't we give people a shout out when they fuck things up as well? Because we don't know what the issue was, but you know, might not have been there. Might be us. Yeah, but it might have been Podcastle. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so yeah, we are in Australia again. Running, th- running through our series. Yeah, it's my turn. You did uh, Drop Bears last week, didn't you? Well, we did, did yes. Did things that don't yeah. even exist, which is good. But Is yours this real week, this week? It's a real thing this week, yeah. yeah definitely yeah. real. Yeah. It's not going to be one of those kind of, like mine, where I strung you along for a bit and then you realise that it was just all bollocks. No, no, there's plenty of dangerous things in Australia to, yeah. to talk about uh, without going down the cryptid route. <laughs> so, you know, we mentioned at the very beginning of the, the series that there's loads of mad things in Australia. Uh, you know, your sharks, your jellyfish, your snakes, <laughs> your alligators and crocodiles and all that. Uh, well, actually, one of the most dangerous things in Australia is a tree. A tree? A tree, yes. And it goes by the silly name of the Gimpy Gimpy Tree. <laughs> the Gimpy Gimpy Tree. Gimpy, is gimpy. it like a like a whomping willow? I mean, what is... I'll explain in a second. Um, this Gimpy Gimpy tree, this is a fun fact for you. It's quite funny. Go on. Uh, so it's the common name Gimpy Gimpy. Uh, mm-hmm. It comes from the language of the indigenous Gubby Gubby people. <laughs> the Gubby of the, Gubby. Of the southeastern, of southeastern Queensland, yeah. So the Gubby Gubby tribe named the Gimpy Gimpy tree. There's a song in there somewhere. There is, yeah. It reminds me of, it sounds like a cartoon. Remember like the gummy bears? Yeah, yeah. Or one of those things that used to sing in primary school, you know. Ticky tacky thing, you know. Oh, what I mean? yeah, yeah. I oh, know. Anyway, yeah. uh, this this species occurs uh, in or near rainforests. So if you think of Australia, mm-hmm. it's kind of divided into states. And on the northeastern side is Queensland, and then the southeastern side is um, New South Wales. So along that coast, from the tip of Queensland, uh, it's called the Cape York Peninsula. Right. Peninsula. And that runs all the way down to the top of this New South Wales state. Mm-hmm. Uh, along that side is sort of a rainforesty. Yeah. And that's that's where you find this this tree. Right. It's incredible because um I was reading recently that, that they say that Australia has actually got you can see every bit of the world in Australia. It's got it's got snowy mountains, it's got deserts and it's got yeah. you know, beaches, it's got it's got grassland it's kind of got like a little bit of everything and not until you just said it let's be honest last night when we first recorded it <laughs> yeah um did i realize that it actually had rainforests like proper tropical yeah if, I, I mean it's a massive place isn't it and you think and if you think about that sort of coastline up there yeah. that's quite near to well, i'll say near but in relatively speaking sort of indonesia and Papua new guinea and guinea and mm-hmm. things like that so and that's all rainforesty so it's kind yeah, of yeah Sort of up there, so yeah, there's there's sort of rainforesty bits, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's just a, a huge ecosystem, isn't it? And yeah, it's been isolated for millions and millions of years, which is probably why you know you get these random species that are unlike any others on, on Earth. It is. I mean, it is like a, a land of its own, really. Mm. It's something that's actually ran through my head while you were talking. There is, wonder why Australia does actually have so many dangerous things. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like I say, it's just because it's been isolated and there's been nothing to. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. Maybe some scientists <laughs> can contact us and let us know. Yes, there you go. 
That's so, first, um, first request for an email. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Gimpy Gimpy Tree, I'll be honest, it looks more like a bush shrub type thing. Right. Uh, it, can, it can grow quite tall, about four metres or so, but it's not a tree in the traditional sense of, you know, like an oak tree or anything like that. It's more of yeah. a shrubby. It's hard to describe the Gimpy Gimpy Tree, really, if I'm honest. Uh, mm-hmm. There's not really anything distinctive about it. Uh, no standout features. You know, it doesn't have like orange leaves or mm-hmm. like, a weird pattern on it that, that would warn you that it's dangerous. Yeah. So if you walk, you're walking through the jungle, you, you if you didn't know what you're looking for, you wouldn't know it was, it was harmful. That's even more frightening, really. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, it, it, it is frightening because it has a crazy defense mechanism. This tree, uh, which do, which does make mm-hmm. it very dangerous. I say tree. I'll call it a tree, but it, just think shrub, big shrub thing. Right. Okay. So it, it does, the planet itself has thousands and thousands of very fine, brittle hairs um, all over it. And those hairs contain a potent, a potent neurotoxin. So if you think about, have you ever seen those videos of like a nettle in this country, like a close up yeah, video yeah. where it shows you on, underneath the leaf, there's loads of little needles. Yeah. And then if something touches it, those needles poke into the skin and break off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like, it's the underside of a, the leaf on a nettle, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. So yeah. it's exactly the same. So it's just right, okay. Australia's version of a nettle by the sounds yeah. of things. So yeah. typical Australia, they do it a lot more, just a lot more Ten dangerous. Ten times dangerous, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Call that a spider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you see, even though you might come onto this in a later episode, but like, you know, the house spiders. Yeah. You call them like dinner plate spiders because of the size of dinner plates. Oh, they're massive, yeah. But like, they're the harmless old... though, like, they're, but they're just like your average house spider. There's uh, an old story Billy Connolly told, tells where he, you know, he, he lived in Australia for a long time because his wife, well, she's from New Zealand, but they lived in Australia and he said he walked into the living room and, you know, vertical blinds are about four inches wide. Yeah. He said he saw one on one of the slats, but it was on the other side and he just saw his legs coming around either side of the slats. It was oh, so yeah. big. And he was. He said he just froze. Went, Pamela! Pamela! <laughs> and she walked in and she was like, what is it? He goes, fucking that! spider and he said casually as you like she walked up picked it up opened the window and chucked it out and threw it out yeah get used to it i suppose it's just like big jesse yeah Yeah. i know i read some story somewhere some guy had one in his house Mm -hmm. he's like well it's probably a pet you know (laughs) just lives in the corner and it gets rid of all the bugs and stuff and Mm -hmm. they're so big they can like sometimes they'll take down mice have yet there's a video doing the rounds actually i don't know if you've seen it where there's one of these big dinner plate spider things mm-hmm. it's just dragging a mouse across the kitchen surface. Top. Like, yeah. I wonder if you can hear them running across the floor. You probably <laughs> could, yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you just get used to it, I guess. Ah. Anyway, uh, that's my off point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as I say, uh, it's a big bush plant type thing, like a okay. nettle. Think, think nettle, mm-hmm. but bigger and horrible. Yeah, sounds lovely. Uh, yeah, so the little hairs, um, mm-hmm. again, they're like hypodermic needles, and that's how sharp they are. So if you were to brush past the the bush, mm-hmm. the hairs sort of dig into your skin, break right. off, and then this neurotoxin gets released into your, your bloodstream, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, similar to a nettle. With the hairs being so fine, you can't really see them. They're mm-hmm. just really difficult to, to get out. So... I did read there's a way what people do if they get stung by them like natives yeah they'll, they'll rub mud on the sting area mm. and then the mud will dry and then they can rip the sort of mud off you know like like a face pack type thing like yeah yeah so like those kind of 
Yeah, the, the things that you get to pull your blackouts out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like, so, but that doesn't always work. It's just, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. And with with the needles being so fine, that people mm-hmm. say that, that they'll get stung, and the pain will just last for weeks, months, sometimes even years, uh, because they just can't get rid of these these, these needles. So do the needles constantly? You know, over time, just leak out little bits of this toxin, or is it just the irritation from the needles stuck in you? I guess it's just the irritation from the needles. Yeah, yeah. I guess at some point the toxin must wear off, but mm-hmm. then it's just kind of like that. You know, it's like having a splinter. You ever had a splinter? Yeah, the... you, you can yeah, feel I... it under your skin, but you, don't, you can't really see yeah. it. It's, I guess it'd be like that. A big splinter is better than a little one. I had a tiny little one. I couldn't really see it. Every time I rubbed over that bit of skin, it was dead sore. Yeah, yeah. It's so fine, it. I couldn't really see it. So it's, I'm guessing, yeah. I suppose. Uh, like having a million yeah. of them with neurotoxins in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, I said, the neurotoxin probably runs out and then, but you still yeah. feel the, the little shards. I wonder why a plant needs that. Is, they are, no. Some animals do eat them. Yeah. Like in, in the bush, so they are edible. Mm-hmm. Like the, the plant needs it, I suppose, to stop animals eating it. But then animals adapt to get over it yeah you know so it's like a kind of race isn't it that's that's it who evolves better faster i I read somewhere that you know holly bushes no like a like a holly uh, oh holly oh right holly yeah yeah um holly trees and bushes apparently when they grow quite tall the leaves on the top are just round because it knows that it doesn't need to have spiky leaves because it's only the ones down near the ground that animals try and eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's pretty right. good. It shows you how clever nature is. Absolutely. Well, the gimpy gimpy tree, mm-hmm. it can sting you while it's alive, and it can also sting you when it's dead. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, the needles, the tiny hairs remain on the plant after it's it's died. So if you see one of these plants sort of brown and shriveled on the forest floor and you touch yeah. it, you'll still, the, the little sort of shards will still be there on the leaves. So you'll still get get stung by it when the neurotoxin remains in, in <laughs> those little sort of glass it's not glass, but you know what I mean. They look like glass. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's been like scientists were studying it, studying them and they have been for years <laughs> and they'd sort of go to their store cupboard and there'd be like a dead one of these in there. They'd go, oh, right, let's look at this, pick it up, and then they just got <laughs> stung all over their hands. There's been been reports of people in museums as well, there'll be a, a display on and they'll have one of these Sprayed, yeah, and then someone will touch it, and it's like shit. I've been stung. Fuck no. I did see um, a, a video actually. Of one scientist um, saying that it, even after a hundred years, mm-hmm. you know, the plant—if the plant was still there—I suppose like the leaves would probably rot a little bit and stuff after yeah, hundred yeah. years. But uh, the, the toxins would still be present, so okay. you could still be potentially stung if there's any remaining part of the plant. Yeah, yeah. That amount of time, you could still be stung. Okay, no. Do you know? I, I saw. Again, the wonders of nature. I saw uh, a, the thinnest hypodermic needle that they've made under a microscope next to a bee's sting. Yeah. And the 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 needle had all these imperfections and stuff in it, and the bee sting was perfectly <coughs> smooth. And it's like I bet these needles are like, you know, like you said, said like you know like a syringe like a yeah a just perfect pet. perfect but needle yeah perfect and so fine that you probably wouldn't even feel them going in it's then the toxins mm. and the it's the afterwards it probably takes a few seconds or yeah so yeah the realizations kick in oh. so i guess that leads on to the next point go on 
And what's it actually feel like to be stung by one of these things? Are so, we going to try it? Or? Yeah, I've got some here. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to leave it to you? Have you seen that knot case, that guy, Coyote Peterson? Uh, I did watch a guy. So um, it might, I'm not sure if it's the same guy. Mm-hmm. So when I was doing research for this, I, there's a couple of people, a couple of idiots that do it, don't they? Yeah, yeah. People go around and get deliberately stung by insects and things and to, see, to measure the pain. And there was a, there was a few people I'd, I'd seen on, online that had been stung by this. And, wow. um, I don't know if it was Coyote Peterson. Sounds like it's, sounds <laughs> he's like always something, yeah. sitting at a school desk in the middle of a jungle with something in a jar and a pair of tweezers, and he like pulls <laughs> it out and then starts like rubbing on his arm until it stings him. Yeah, it's like irritating it until yeah. it kind of, yeah, winds it up so much that it stings him. It may be. Then he, the guy I saw he had like an Indiana Jones hat and like that's a card, him, yeah. yeah. He gets stung, moans like fuck about it for about 15 minutes, and then that's his video. Yeah, yeah, I mean, fair, yeah. fair play to him. I mean, it'd be yeah. pretty, pretty hard like, to do that, I reckon. It's got to be like a pervy thing, that, though, isn't it? <laughs> Want to do that. It's, <laughs> so, yeah. it's a bit weird. It is very weird. Very yeah. weird. The first reports of the stinging of this um, <laughs> plant was by a chap called A.C. McMillan back right. in 1866. Um, and he was a North Queensland Road surveyor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of the first to document it. Uh, he said that his pack horse got stung mm-hmm. by one of these plants, and it went mad. Oh uh, it died within two hours of being stung. Um, sure. There's also uh, local folklore tales about horses getting stung and being in so much pain they just jump off cliffs. Like suicidal? Or... Uh, I don't think animals like have the capacity to think like that. I don't yeah. think that you get like a sad horse. Well, you might do, but I don't think it's like, oh, <laughs> I, I want to end it all. I think it's just, they're in just such shock and such panic. They've just yeah. bolted and, and then just got over the side of a cliff or something. One in like, fuck. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure in like America, in like Monument Valley and all these places, I'm sure there's like, there's times where like stampedes of buffaloes have just gone over. Yeah, yeah. And like, stuff lemmings like as well, they do it, don't they? They just kind yeah. of walk. So, yeah, I think they've just kind of got black, like run around in circles for about five minutes, and then just gone because <laughs> it hurts so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been described. The pain has been described as um, being on fire and electrocuted. So that's good. Right. Yeah. Uh, or being on fire and having acid thrown or poured onto the, the stinging spot, stinging site. That sounds lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So not very pleasant at all. No. One guy, I did read this one guy. He described the pain as being stuck. Being stung by all the wasps, but <laughs> <laughs> that was quite good. All, all, all of the wasps in the world. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. All of them. Hell. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just that. So you got your sting site. You know the, that's intense pain, and then also your yeah. lymph node starts swelling up in your armpits, your groin area, under your you know, your chin and your neck. Yeah. Um. So yes, it's pretty painful. Um. It, it doesn't contain enough toxins to actually kill a, hum, a healthy grown adult. Right. Um, but it does have knock-on effects, which have known to cause death, right. uh, with reports of people being in so much pain that just ended their lives, they just killed themselves. Oh dear, just like the pain and anguish of... Yeah, they just can't cope with it. Yeah, yeah, so they just ended it. Um, also reports of people having heart attacks uh, because <laughs> they were screaming so much. Uh, and also people to have known to scratch their skin off because they've been in so much pain. Apparently, I've heard that the stonefish is supposed to be the the worst pain known to man. 
Uh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard yeah. that's that's up there definitely. I don't know how they gauged it whether they got someone like Cody Peterson to go around and stand on a stone fish and then get a bullet ant and then rub the gimpy gimpy plant and say right which one was worse. I, th- I think um, there is a scientific study. I, me and my daughter were watching this program. It was on like I don't know Discovery. Mm-hmm. You know, because Discovery used to be quite interesting. But now it's just kind of like reality TV, isn't it? Yeah. So, like, they, they, there's two guys and they go around and they're sort of logging how painful each animal sting is or bite right. or what have you. Now they're basing it off an older scientific text, which I can't remember the name of. Mm-hmm. But essentially, there is some science book somewhere that rates and ranks like how painful yeah. each bite and sting is. Okay, yeah. Like a owl fuck meter, yeah, yeah, like a logbook, and they don't just go. That was really, that was really painful. Like sort of bases base it on like the duration, like the you know, the overall pain, the duration, yeah, you know, the damage it's done to the to the to the spot. Probably Stuff take like into account good. heart rate and blood pressure and all that after it, and yeah, yeah, it's pretty scientific. Yeah. It's as scientific as it can be, I suppose. They've got doctors there and stuff like that. So they just drag one simple fellow around and say, right, touch that now. No, it's them. It's the two of them that do it. They're, they're kind of, yeah, they are. One of them's a doctor, I'm sure. So it's not right. just like some buzzer, like off the internet. I think yeah, it's, yeah. They are doing it in the name of science, right. I think. And the other one's like an explorer type guy. So, yeah, I guess that's how they gauge that. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you can do it, I suppose, isn't it? But then saying that, though, like one. People have different threshold levels, don't they, for pain? Yeah. So it's difficult to gauge, I would have thought. True, true. So there have been some reports, quite a few reports, of people being stung by the gimpy gimpy tree. Okay. Uh, I've got a few here that we'll, we'll run through. Um, in 1994, Australian ex-serviceman Cyril Bromley described falling into a stinging tree or a gimpy gimpy tree during military training uh, in World War II. Gossied. Yeah, he said he was strapped to a hospital bed for three weeks. Okay. Uh, he was administered with all manner, manner of unsuccessful treatments. Um, and he was sent as mad as a cut snake, he said, <laughs> because it's because of the pain. It's quite a nice term, isn't it? As mad as a cut snake. Yeah, yeah. So he was just sort of like writhing in, in the bed, they strapped down. Cause I he, suppose so, yeah. Yeah. It's also, he, um, Cyril Bromley also um, told of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how true this is, right? Um, but he said there was a, a an officer, an army officer, who actually shot himself. Um, and the reason being is they were doing a military exercise and he just said, right, hang on, lads, I'm just, just going to the toilet, won't be a sec. Oh. I went into the bush and you know, did his business, mm-hmm. reached for something to wipe his ass with, and apparently <laughs> he wiped his ass with one of these leaves. Now, I don't know how true this is, yeah, because yeah. I think that if you grabbed one of those leaves, it it would probably start stinging your hand before it reached... Your ass. Uh, maybe you sat down in the tree, but you don't do that though, do you? Yeah. Like you can't yeah, just... gloves on. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. So it might there might be some yeah. truth in it. But anyway, apparently this guy was found with his trousers around his ankles and a bullet in his head. That reminds me of a time. Um my dad had um he always had bowel issues. Not not that he had actual bowel problems, he was just a bad shitter. You know, he was always you do you remember? You know, my dad would go to the toilet for about two days and come out and the whole house would be humming. Yeah. And 
because he seemed to go to the toilet quite a lot, he always had to, he bought like moist wipes because toilet paper chafed his arse because he was using it so much. Oh, God. And uh, one night for a laugh, I took out all his moist wipes out of the packet and I took a packet of flash wipes with bleach <laughs> and I swapped them round. <laughs> and he'd obviously, he'd been up, we were all sitting watching like Casualty on a Saturday night and he'd been up and had a shit. And they came down, it took a few minutes, he started like just, you see him like wriggling a little bit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and like just fidgeting and stuff. And all of a sudden he goes, Fucking hell, Elner, my arse is stinging. <laughs> what have you done to my, my arse wipes? <laughs> Did he find out it was you? I, I, I went, yeah, I had, I had to tell him. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, like he was getting rid, he was worried, like, oh no, what's going yeah. on? I know. I thought, God, you know, it's it's one of those pranks, though. Like you know, putting a bit of chili in the toilet paper, it's fine if someone wipes your arse. But if like your wife or daughter goes and has a pee, uh, yeah, it's probably not worth messing yeah. about with stuff like that, is it? Yeah, it's too many women in this house. <laughs> Much worse scenario. Yeah. So moving on, uh, another chap. Where are we? Ernie Ryder. Ernie. He's he's been stung loads of times, apparently. Yeah, uh, yeah, but he says that he'll never forget the day in 1963 that he was mm-hmm. slapped in the face, arms and chest by the Gimpy Gimpy tree. Yes. So it's one of those, I think you're probably walking through the, the shrub and then it just went, whoosh, slapped you right in the face. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. All the trees. <laughs> so bent, bent back, he's probably like some guy in front of him, bent, yeah. it, bent it back, you know, with gloves on or whatever, and then it just <laughs> One of my pet hates is when you're walk- you ever walk through a cobweb. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, I hate that. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Uh, but he said, this Mr. Ryder, he said, I remember it feeling like there were giant hands trying to squash my chest. Oh. He said, for two, that's how I feel now. He said, for two or three days, the pain was almost unbearable. Yeah. I couldn't work, sleep, and then it was pretty bad pain for another fortnight or so. He said, the stinging persisted for two years. Two years? And, and every time he had a cold shower, he'd start getting pain. Uh, pain would reoccur forever like so the pain was there for two years yeah. even after those two years if you had a cold if you had a cold shower the pain would start up again it's a rider ernie rider well, he's now a senior conservation officer with queensland mm-hmm. park and wildlife service wow uh, he said during his 44 years of working in the bush he's never exper- experienced pain like it. yeah uh, and to quote there's nothing to rival it it's 10 times worse than anything else gimpy gimpy trees are a real present danger oh dear so he, this guy clearly knows what he's talking about. So, mm-hmm. how did you get a job like that? Forty-four years of working in the bush. Yeah, I guess like some people um, just naturally fall into these type of jobs. You know, yeah, like yeah. you get people who kind of live in a forest or, or, <laughs> or like near a forest. Like you know, their dad's kind of like a mm-hmm. farmer stroke hunter. He's like, "Come on, son, let's go into the bush and see what we can find." And then they just do that and do that and develop over years and brought up that way, yeah. Yeah, and you get to know the local area and you get to know the local wildlife and stuff. So I guess it's one of those by the sounds of things. I was watching a thing on the news and a guy came on and it said, "You know, it always tells you their name and yeah. underneath what they do." And it said, "Garlic bread expert." Oh fuck off! <laughs> How's that a job? Not even a thing, is it? It's just a garlic bread just put expert. That one there. Yeah, stupid. I wouldn't tell anyone. What do you do? I'm a yeah. bin man. Stink. Stink the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it'd be all right if there was a vampire outbreak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's not, it's not, that's not, that's not even true. They've just put that on there to... Possibly, yeah. You know, I reckon. 
inflatable doll tester. <laughs> um. uh, okay, another guy, we've got Les Moore. Uh, yeah. He was so swollen, he said that after being stung across the face, uh, he resembled Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know if he still does. Hopefully yeah. not. Do you know the comedian Steve Harvey? American uh, guy. He's uh, black, bald. He does like family fortunes. Uh, I America. see this as well, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's, it's, people have done like mock up potato head of him. If you do something to him, like put his head upside down, he looks like Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, I've seen that. But like, like people were sending it around, or people were sending it around like, to him. Yeah. He got that? dead pissed off about it. It's yeah. like, look, guys, I know, I know I look like Mr. Potato Head, but you know. You don't need to keep reminding me. Um, <laughs> he was on my honeymoon. Was he? Three days into the marriage, we're experimenting. Um, <laughs> no, he was um, in the hotel. Like every morning when we all went right. down to breakfast, he'd be sitting there with all his big you know, entourage and stuff like that. Oh, for real. And you were going, Mr. Potato Yeah, we weren't brave enough to go and say, can we say hello and get a picture? But also... He didn't mean that much to me. There's very few celebrities that I would actually go out my way to go and see. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't like doing that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done it. I just think, well, they're just getting on my stuff, aren't they? There's like two or three that I don't think I could miss the opportunity. Like, if I bumped into Billy Connolly, I'd have to go and try yeah. and get a picture with him. Or Ali McCoist, you know. <laughs> but that that's about it. You know? Yeah, I don't think there's many that I would do. Yeah. Uh, right. Ah, we're still on Les Moore's Mr. Potato Head here. Okay, Mr. Yeah. Potato Head. Uh, he said the, I think this is a quote, mm-hmm. I think I went into anaphylactic shock and it took days for my sight to recover. So he got slapped in the face with a gimpy gimpy tree. Yeah. His head swelled up like Mr. Potato Head uh, and then he went into anaphylactic shock and he couldn't see. Okay, and he couldn't just swap his eyes out or anything now. <laughs> good one, yeah, that's good. That's good for you. Yeah, I'd overnight to practice it. <laughs> uh, he said, within minutes, the initial stinging and burning intensified, and the pain in my eyes were like someone had poured acid in them. Uh, my mouth and tongue swelled up so much I had trouble breathing. Yeah. It was, uh, and this is his word again, debilitating. It was debilitating, and I had to blunder my way out of the bush. So there we go. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah. Blonding our way back out of the bush. <laughs> and then just one last little story. And this <laughs> is, comes from Alan Seawright. Uh, he's a professor of pathology in the University of Queensland. And he was uh, contacted in 1968 by um, a part of the British, British Army called the Criminal Defence Establishment. Right. Uh, and they were asking for samples of this gimpy gimpy tree. Uh, now, as the name suggests, and I think we kind of sort of figure it out, they specialised in developing sort of chemical weapons. So he came to the conclusion the reason they were asking for this these samples is they wanted to develop a weapon based on the, the neurotoxins on or in the gimpy gimpy tree. Bloody hell. It's like a bomb that goes off and drops all these little hairs over. Yeah, or a gas or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's sure. obviously, I don't think... Ever, one's ever been developed, but it yeah. seems like it was certainly being looked into. Probably for the best. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It does, the, the tree, I mean, I'll just, one last thing, the tree itself, it does have fruit on it. Right, okay. And the fruit is edible. Uh, right. I, don't, I don't 
they've like you have to as long as you get all the little hairs off it, <laughs> and it, it, you can eat it. I don't know if, if it tastes any nice, any good, or if it's nice. But yeah, it'd have to be pretty good. I mean, we we talked recently about fugu. Yeah, and it's like it's so difficult to get the little bit that you can eat with well, all that. The ride by by the just have an orange or something. Yeah. You know? Apples, don't, don't apples are lovely. Yeah, you don't need to. It's just not worth the risk, is it? Well, I've got exotic uh, passion fruit. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is like eating frog spawn. I don't think I've had one of them. Oh, I've had the juice. The juice yeah. is quite nice. Is it? Is it passion fruit? What's no, the one? Dra- dragon fruit. I think you're thinking of dragon fruit. There's one that is just little seeds with like jelly around them. Yeah, so the dragon fruit is like a red sort of bulb type thing. Yeah, and then it's white flesh inside with loads of little black seeds. Might be that. It's just like fucking frog spawn. It looks like it. Um, yeah. Anyway, right. Just one final point before I go back to bed. Okay. Uh, so in November 2022, mm-hmm. um, there was a British man uh, called Daniel Emlyn Jones. Right. He's an online tutor for Oxford. Uh, he decided to cultivate his own. So this is Ox- Oxford, UK. Yeah. Decided to cultivate and grow his own gimpy gimpy tree in his garden. What a knob! What a dickhead! <laughs> like, it's, it's no point. Like, we don't want that here. No. And if it can live in his garden, then it can live here. By the <laughs> sounds of things, I don't think he had any special lamps or anything like that. So, and when you do that, there's always a risk, like plants and stuff. And, you know, the, the pollen gets transferred and the seeds get transferred really easily through like mm-hmm. animals and bees and other species. So there's always going to be a risk then that yeah, that yeah. gimpy gimpy tree now goes and, and, and grows somewhere else in the nearby local forest and stuff. And just don't just pack it in. Yeah. If you want to go and see one of them, go over to Australia and have a look over there. Don't grow it here. It's not Put needed. It it's not needed. We've got nettles. They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got got nettles. Good old British nettles. Well, that's been really really interesting, James. Well, gimpy, thank you. Gimpy tree for the second time running. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you enjoyed it the second time round as much as you did the first. I did, yeah. Um, I'll need to enjoy it two or three more times now before <laughs> tomorrow night at seven thirty when I try and edit this. Uh, yeah, there's no rush. Yeah, we'll just might be a bit late this week. Yeah, for technical um, reasons. Technical reasons. Podcast all fucked us. <laughs> That's the third one. I better take that out. Uh, just for legal reasons, it could have been my laptop. Um, well, I said that, didn't I? I said you can't be calling it out. I know. I had a message off um, Bear Plays yesterday. Did you? How's he doing? Yeah. It's a bloody, well, bloody t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> they gave me his address. Oh, sweet. Right, um, okay. Which I'm not going to obviously say no. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see what? I had, a, I had a worrying situation because the night that that podcast went out, uh, I messaged him saying, how did you find it? And he says, I've listened to the first 20 minutes, really liked it. We'll listen to the rest later, and then I didn't hear of him for three weeks. Uh, unsubscribed. <laughs> yeah, shit. What has happened? Lawyers on your on knocking on your door. That's it. Then out of the blue, I got, um, yeah, send the t-shirt here, please. <laughs> yeah, quickly. So yeah. I never need to speak to you again. <laughs> That's it. So um, yeah, we shout out to to Bear. Cheers, Bear. Thanks for your support. Aye, we do appreciate it. So we are still taking requests. I mean, we're doing this Australia for another few weeks, but. You know, we're looking for new ideas for up and coming podcasts. 
Um, so yeah, send us in, send us in your ideas. It's always great to hear from you. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've discussed between the first recording of this last night and the second recording of this tonight, we might add another, another wee feature that you can get involved in as well. So that might, might come in a couple of weeks. Yeah. In development. Watch yes. this space. Yeah. We're developing all the time. We're a new podcast. Uh, we're loving doing it and I think we're getting better all the time. So, uh, it's, uh, and likewise, if there's anything that you want us to talk about or anything that you want to add in or any suggestions yeah. in terms of the structure of the podcast, by all means, or yeah. all ears. All ears. We want to make it better for you because you're the listeners. That's it. Right. I'm off to bed to sleep yeah. off this horrible illness. Well, thanks for that, James. I appreciate you doing it for a second time because I know all it was right. hard enough the first time. Cheers, mate. That's Take been care. the most dangerous podcast, the gimpy, gimpy tree from the Hubba Bubba tribe. Was it the Gubba Gubba tribe? Uh, I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gobby Gobby. Gobby Gobby. Gimpy Gimpy from the Gobby Gobby. The Gimpy Gimpy tree from the Gobby Gobby. It's the most dangerous podcast. Thanks, James. Good night. Good night. See you soon. Bye bye.